Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are continuing our Roots series with an episode I originally did around Father's Day that talks about the father wound, but the content is so relevant. And actually, as I was listening through and editing it today, it brought me to tears because it's overwhelming how much God is not just a father, but a good father. And just that reminder of how much he loves us. As you are listening, one of the things I want you to try to lean into is this idea of how the father, Father God, pursues you. With his love. I pray this episode is a blessing to you. I'm going to talk a little bit about identity because I think it's something that we all struggle with. And specifically for me, the father wound is something that is rubbed raw in June. A lot of times with Father's Day and the celebration of fathers, I kind of get lost in the shuffle. And I bet probably some of you do too. So We're going to be talking today about the concept of how we belong to God. And so I thought I would share a little bit about my personal experiences, some of the childhood things that I went through, and hopefully it can help you and point you into a better direction if you struggle with this. My children and I, for the last year, I have really been getting groceries delivered, but my children and I went to Walmart. And while we were walking through Walmart, my oldest daughter pulled me aside and she just wanted to whisper something to me. So she pulled me in and she said, mom, your dad is in the next aisle over. And she kind of looked at me, not really knowing how to respond. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't know how to respond. And I said, did he see us? And she said, yeah, he saw us, but he kept walking. And we live in a small town, 13,000 people. We have one Walmart. So you do run into people that you know sometimes. And so I said, are you sure? And I thought maybe she was wrong. And she said, no, mom, it was him. He had his COVID mask on, but I know it's him. He looked me in the eyes. There was just a knot instantly in the pit of my stomach. I just kind of struggled trying to think right there in the moment, what should I do? As a side note, I don't do that well, thinking on my feet. If I have some time, I can wrap my head around things and I can respond appropriately. But when it comes to thinking on my feet, I freeze. So that's kind of what was going on. And I didn't I didn't know, should I follow him and maybe say something? And it's one thing for my dad to ignore me, but it's quite harder for this mama bear temperament that I have to deal with him ignoring my kids. My kids are amazing. And the fact that he wanted nothing to do with them, that just makes my heart feel like it's ripped into. And so as I was having some of these thoughts going through my mind, no was this voice that kind of rose up. That voice, you know, it was relieving almost, but it was interrupting my spiraling thoughts at this point. It was definitely the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he said again, I am your father and remember whose you are. I wish I could say that this was the first time that this had happened, but unfortunately it isn't. It keeps happening in a small town that's inevitable. 
I wish I could say that it gets easier every time it happens, but it doesn't. That sting that just hits my eyes almost instantly with burning tears. It catches me off guard every time. It's not that I haven't tried with my parents. I have. I have called so many times. I've dropped off gifts. I've sent letters. I've showed up unexpectedly. And each time I have this childlike hope that maybe this time things will be different. They really never are. I remember there was one time after hanging up from another unanswered phone call, this complete feeling of rejection started to just wash over my heart. And we had had a, I think, a message at church that really just made me feel convicted and tried to pursue my parents again. As I did that, I reached out knowing probably what the outcome was going to be. I, in obedience, I felt like at the time I did reach out again. You know, that rejection, that rejection from your parents is something hard to get over. As, of course, my my thoughts were spiraling then too, the Lord interrupted them. And one of the things that the Lord has revealed to me throughout my life is that it's the responsibility of the parents to pursue a relationship with the child, not the other way around. And I think I have thought about that both before I had kids and after I had kids. Before I had kids, it was like, well, why don't my parents care enough to have a relationship with me? But after I had kids, I don't understand it because I think about my kids all day long. They are constantly on my heart. I'm constantly figuring out ways that I can meet their needs or minister to their hearts or teach them about the Lord or just be around them. I I love them so much. I have three girls. And even though they're teenagers, two of them are teenagers, I will get to a place where I just ache if I don't see them for a long time. If they're at summer camp or something, I, I just, I don't understand that. And I know that even if when they're adults, if they're busy and they're doing whatever, I'm still going to pursue them. I mean, we're already, we're looking at colleges for my one daughter and I'm already trying to figure out how often I could fly to go meet her. She's somewhere else in the in the country and where we could go to take her out to dinner or take her away for the weekend, that kind of thing. Because I'm already anticipating missing her and trying to figure out a plan. So I don't understand that. And so as the Lord's speaking this to me and he says, it's the responsibility of the father to pursue a relationship with a child, it's not the other way around. I just realized there's this piece of me that's never considered that before as God's opinion about me. But we do see this in the scripture. First John 4, 9 says, we love because he first loved us. I mean, that's really the whole storyline of scripture. If we think about it, we are responding to his love because he loved his us first. Every time that I tried and was rejected seemed to compound the hurts that came before it and just rip the bandaid off of this still festered wound. But this time in the middle of Walmart, as the Lord spoke this into my heart, it started to reach a space that I had kept closed off for so long. God continued to minister to me in the middle of Walmart. He said, perhaps I'm keeping you from something and protecting you because I can redeem all things. I'm the redeemer and you've seen me do it in other areas of your life. So do you think that if I wanted you to have this relationship in your life, wouldn't I see that and help you? Don't doubt me, daughter. I will say it was one of the most candid moments of hearing the Lord speak that I've ever had in my life. Of course, she hears is a Bible study about learning how to hear from the Lord through scriptures. Sometimes, though, 
he presses a word of knowledge into your heart in a way that you recognize that it's not of you. I could recognize that because it was contrary to what I wanted or what maybe I thought was best for me. So as God's saying to me, don't doubt me, I'm realizing that it's part loving discipline and then part rescue from this longing, this longing for a relationship that isn't reciprocal or this longing for a relationship that might not be safe, this one relationship that always leaves me feeling rejected. And certainly the one who restores, the restorer himself could have mended this relationship if he wanted to. He had mended other relationships in my life. And it's not like there hadn't been the opportunity. We lived in the same town or willingness on my part. Obviously, if I'm calling and I'm stopping by and I'm trying all these things, I'm willing to be obedient if God wants to give me that relationship back. Almost immediately, as I'm still, again, in Walmart facing all of this, I was standing by the tomatoes, actually. I just had this image of this long buried trauma that rose up to the surface. Honestly, I had forgotten it. It's how buried it was. It was like the wind had been knocked out of me. Like when I remembered this, it was, I really just felt like I couldn't breathe. Not like a panic attack, but just like a gut punch. And I had forgotten the pain of that moment until right now. And I don't even think that I realized what was happening at the time. But now that I've had a little bit of time to reflect on it, I think this is why. This is why God was protecting me from that relationship. All of these years, I have cried out to God to give me something that just wasn't good for me. And all these years, I carried the burden of being this Christian that should keep trying and that should be the one to reach out and should be the one to try to reconcile the relationship. And all these years, it was my Heavenly Father who was protecting me from something I didn't even remember. And it wasn't until I remembered even just an aspect of the brokenness that I had in my childhood that I realized God's hand of protection. I think a lot of us carry around some brokenness um, from our childhood, and that's not what I'm talking about because I, I firmly believe God can work through and fix that brokenness. It's a lot different when it's abuse. And I, I think sometimes we confuse forgiveness for reconciliation. Even though I had been walking in forgiveness and I made that decision to forgive, I also thought that meant reconciliation. And here, what God was trying to do was protect me from myself even. I'm praying about this. I'm struggling with this in the middle of Walmart. My kids are looking at me. And this is all happening so quickly, all within a moment, really. And I hear God speak to me again. I love you. You are my daughter. That will never change. And I have adopted you as my own. And I've been pursuing you your entire life. I am enough for you. And man, if that truth isn't enough to break you, I don't know what is. In Ephesians 1, verse 5, we see this. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. With my own kids, I'm already planning our summer vacation and a couple other family outings because it gives me great pleasure to pursue my kids. It gives me great pleasure to have our family together, spending time together. And if we think about that in terms of what Ephesians says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God is so much better of a parent than we are. But the truth is, is I am a daughter of the king, and he pursued me because he wanted a relationship with me because that's what he wanted to do. It wasn't forced upon him, and I didn't need to chase him down, and he didn't look past me. 
In fact, he sent Jesus to come get me. My prayer is that perhaps this will be the year that we understand not just who we are, but whose we are. And my prayer for you in this season is that you will realize how incredible his love for you is. I'm going to pray over you, and I want you to know that the healing that God offers me, he offers to you too. Father God, I thank you for my friends that are listening today. I thank you that you are a good, good father. I thank you that you pursue us, even when we don't even know that you are, even when we're ignorant to the fact that you are orchestrating our lives in such a way that we can spend time with you. God, thank you. Thank you for the kind of love that lays down its life. Thank you for the kind of love that doesn't give up when we're, when we're stubborn or we're not listening. Thank you for the kind of love that protects when we don't even know what we need protection from or we don't even remember the hurt that we're trying to, to poke the door down for. Lord, thank you that we can be called sons and daughters of God because of Jesus. I thank you that you're a God that cares about our heartbreak, our sorrow, our grief, and that we can be reconciled to you. That as we walk through the process of forgiveness, that reconciliation to you is the relationship that counts. God, I pray for my friends this week that they would realize that powerful truth and that you would make yourself known to them in a real and powerful way. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.